Get ready for the most heartwarming wedding podcast experience you've ever encountered. Picture this, the enchanting world of Scottish weddings come alive right in your ears. We've gathered a star-studded cast of guests to sweep you off your feet. We're talking about dreamy grooms who go above and beyond in their wedding planning escapades, conjuring up the perfect elopements that will make your heart skip a beat. And oh, the bridal designers we'll introduce you to. We're here to hold your hand and keep you on track with your very own wedding checklist. Because lovebirds, timing is everything. Welcome to Let's Talk Weddings with your Scottish wedding. Lights, camera, and wedding magic. It's been, it's been an amazing journey. And through it, I guess what it's gave me was a lot more confidence in photography. And me as an individual, I was always more part of a team. I still work as to a team ethic, especially if I'm out of weddings. But when I put that camera back in my bag and I go home, I'm on my own. It's me, myself and I with that Mac, that Mac computer to edit that wedding, right? Let's Talk Weddings with Your Scottish Wedding. I'm Marlene, your host, and today we have another photographer with us. So we have Rosaline Bonner, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear about her, her story and how amazing she is at photography. So Rosaline, why don't you start with a little bit of intro about who you are and how you got into photography in the first place? Okay. So I'm Rosalind. I live probably just in the outskirts of Glasgow, so I tend to be more in the Lanarkshire area. However, I love to travel all the way through Scotland. <laughs> um, I think it's wonderful if my work can take me there. Mm-hmm. So I, I find myself seeking that as a wedding photographer now as well. Um, so weddings. Well, the, the journey in photography probably started a long time ago unofficially. Um, mm-hmm. I was always around the camera as a kid. My dad was a photographer when I was young. It was one of these things that was always under my nose, but didn't pay that much attention to, but obviously absorbed. Um, Obviously absorbed a lot of what he was doing, you know, um, was the kid that would take the camera into school, was the kid that would take the camera to people's parties, was the kid that would take the camera and tormented people at dance shows and all that kind of thing. Um, was the kid that would torment mum and dad to get a new spool for the camera and, you know, oh, probably cost them a fortune. <laughs> and, um, and and then I feel like over the years, uh, again, it was, I mean, this is obviously before phones or anything, right? So it was obviously something that was, that was always sort of there. Um, I then... I had went through a, a various things since leaving school, mainly doing sales jobs. Mm-hmm. And I'd get made redundant from one, actually, and decided to go back and study. I, and while I was doing that, um, photography became part of that. Again, right under my nose, whatever. But I was more inclined to be interested in radio and TV and journalism at that point. Okay. My career sort of went off in that direction. Went to uni, left uni was involved in TV for quite some time, and then PR, and then internal communications. And interestingly, it was when I then went into internal communications that photography became a massive part of my life. Mm-hmm. Because you had all these sort of internal magazines and websites and intranets and everything, and, and they needed good imagery. And um, I found myself sort of either helping out the photographers that were there and then eventually doing it myself. Again, not really sort of embracing it as, I'm going to do this. Mm. But picking up the camera competently and off I went and would bring back the images. They would be happy. And I would therefore be happy. It ultimately changed for me on 
one of the places that I worked in, I'll, I'll mention it actually, it was Scottish Water. When I went into Scottish Water, they were very, very keen on strong imagery. Mm-hmm. And they had quite a few internal magazines, external magazines and everything. And they really kind of grabbed onto the concept of storytelling. Yeah. And images obviously play a massive part in that. And I was sort of coached a wee bit more to start, you know, embracing it and encouraged. And people would see my photography and go, you're actually really good at that. You know, you should think of it this. <laughs> and there was a network of photographers unofficially within within that um organization anyway well if you imagine these guys are out up the hills all these places you know that type of environment people do lift a camera try and capture beautiful landscapes and things that no one else sees it appeals to them um and i was tapping into other people's knowledge and then the the turn it was interesting how it all turned um i was asked so water aid Scottish Water are a big supporter of Water Aid, mm-hmm. right? And Scottish Water then took on the Water Aid ball. And this was back in about 2013. Mm-hmm. And they'd said they couldn't afford a photographer, obviously, right? <laughs> 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 well, do the photographs, whatever. I thought, well, I was getting a posh frog on, a free dinner out to it, <laughs> celebrities, a band. There was a chance of winning a car for a tenor. I thought, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> so off I went, get <laughs> the camera. Um, and something happened that night. I was mm. taking a photograph and I fell in love with the whole process and everything Aww. about it. And it wasn't the celebrity acts. Um, it wasn't the sort of celebrity aspect or anything like that round about it because I've been exposed to that while working in TV. Mm. I think it was the actual act of taking this photograph and seeing you know through the lens mm. what it was capturing and me thinking oh wow came home edited them sent them in and they were massively received now yeah. I look back in them now and I know the mistakes I made right because <laughs> this is the other thing yeah well, this is the other thing about photography as soon as you learn something it's slowed down a wee bit now thankfully but as soon as you learn something, you realise that you need to learn 10 other things. Yeah. And then you learn those 10 other things, and then you need to learn 20 other things, and it costs money, mm-hmm. and equipment comes in and everything. So you need to be fully committed. If that's mm-hmm. a journey you want to go on, you need to be fully committed. You need to be all in. And then you need to start understanding the GDPR aspects around about it. You need to understand um, the responsibility of taking a photograph that accurately tells a story. Mm. Um, you need to sort of really take into account the people that don't want you to take their, to take the photograph, and that sort of is a segue, if you like, into weddings. While I was um, while I was doing the events, um, most people there they're seeking PR. So when you're at a charity event, they're seeking PR, so they know the benefit of being in front of that camera and they realise it's not so much about them, it's about what that photograph will do for the marketing and how it will resp- people will respond to that. Mm. Weddings aren't, weddings are emotional. Yeah. And if people don't want their photograph taken, then they don't want their photograph taken. And I have to respect that, right? While I was on about, I've done a couple of events for this time, one of my friends had approached me to take photographs of her kids and terrified the life at me. So I thought she'd put them <laughs> up in the hall. People will come in and think they're awful. Um, she's going to frame them, tell people I've done them. So there's a fear as well. There's yeah. a fear that you need to kind of overcome with all of this. And it's quite real, you know, and there's an imposter syndrome. It's, it's all there. Mm. But it's driven by the love of picking up that camera and getting out there and doing what you, what you love. And also by picking up that camera and doing what you love, and if you're prepared to take the feedback and prepared to take a bit of criticism, you will keep learning and you will constantly learn. Yeah. But you have yeah. to do that. And it's sore to do it. It is really tough when someone comes back and they gives you give you really quite harsh criticism. Mm-hmm. But as the years go on and the practice and the execution and everything keeps going. It softens and it softens considerably and these people have got your back and they're championing you. Yeah. I did take the photographs of my kid, uh, my friend and her kids. 
They turned out better than what I thought they would. <laughs> <laughs> but because of that, another friend got in touch and she had been with her partner for 25 years. And they decided they wanted to get married. Mm. But we're only about 2015, right? So I started the business in 2013. And I had been doing video and photography. We get to about 2015. I've done all these sort of events and everything. Learned That's a tough way to learn, by Mm. the way. And anybody that's looking to get into photography, I would say to them, go to your local charity, ask them if they're having any of these kind of high-profile events and ask if you can go along and 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 take your camera. Genuinely the best way to do it as far as, in my opinion, right? So my friend Linda, she picks up the phone. Will you photograph the wedding? No. <laughs> no, seriously, will you photograph not in your life? I'm not photographing your wedding. No chance. She's like, no, I want you to photograph my wedding. I went, okay, I'll do it in one condition. I don't want a penny for it. Oh, no, I need to pay you. No, 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 nope. I do not want a penny for it. I couldn't handle the responsibility of that, Marlene. There just was yeah. no way that I could do that. I don't want a single penny for it. And um, and as long as you know that they they are not going to look the same way as other wedding photographers in the area, she says. But that's exactly why I want you because I see the naturalness coming Aww. through and in, in your photographs and the expression and the the way people were connecting together. She says that's that's what I want. I went okay. Oh, the name. So I took my dad with me so, <laughs> because he had he had done this years ago. And um, at the end of that night, her and her husband gave me a bunch of flowers and a gift, a, a card. And inside the card was a £100 gift. Aww. So essentially I had been paid for my first wedding, right? Um, but that's not what I was looking to do. Linda then, did, I mean, I have to put, I have to thank her. There, occasionally, you know, especially if I've done really well in weddings that year and that season, she'll get a bunch of flowers off me because it started with her. Oh, that's you know? so sweet. Well, it did. And it, it wasn't something that I'd set out to do to say I want to become a wedding photographer, right? Mm. I just knew that I loved picking up my camera mm. and capturing people, right? So, um, and then the sort of inquiries. Now, it's been, it's been a slow build, so I wouldn't say to you, oh, 20 people wanted me there and then. That's not... <laughs> It's definitely not the case, but what it did do was make me kind of go, okay, there's something in this. Where, where do I go next? Mm. A couple other people local then got in touch and I did their weddings and whatever, and then I started to really look at other photographers around about me. I reached out to some of the societies. So I'm a member of um, the Societies of Photographers mm-hmm. and the British Institute of Professional Photography. So... By by being a member of them, they you have to reach certain standards. So I'm mm. always striving to reach those standards. Um, but they're a community, and they ultimately will you know embrace you and help you on that journey, answer any questions, concerns, and then you find out that this community feels the same way as you. Mm. You know that you're not alone. That they're not kind of wrapping their arms around their own thing, saying, this is mine, you're not allowed in. There yeah. are people like that, but that's the same with any industry. Exactly. But from my from my experience, they've really been warm and embracing. And I'd known a lot of photographers through working in PR as well, who then said to me, oh, how do you get into photography? That's fantastic. How are you getting on? And they, they were amazing. Mm. They, they, were, they were just fantastic and chanting me about different equipment and everything they love to find another geek right so they're able to find <laughs> just as geeky about their camera as what i'm turned up that i turned out to be and then over the, the kind of the years over the five years from 2015 to the pandemic it was a, a steady climb mm-hmm and the year of the pandemic actually was going to be the year that really would would have put me on the map. Well, it put me on the map the year later, and for the for not for the reasons I expected. Oh, okay, Great tell. The doors open, don't they? The doors open. Everybody wants married. They're panicking. They're going to get into lockdown again, and you are honestly overwhelmed. Mm. And it would. Uh, there's been a few baptisms, baptisms of fire. I would say throughout my whole life, as far as career is concerned. 
And this was another one. Mm-hmm. So I was suddenly having to respond to people quicker than what I would like. I, I like the long sort of nurturing journey with a couple, yeah. right? When it's sort of last minute, I don't enjoy that quite the same because they don't know me, I don't know them. Yeah. And I'm always guessing what it is you want mm-hmm. and how I'm going to deliver that for you. And it's, you can, you can do it, but it's more comfortable to do it the other way. Yeah. If, it's building a relationship it's getting to know them it's giving them exactly what they want because you know who they are because you know exactly who they are so I'd say around about 2021 I couldn't even I did more weddings that year than I haven't that I'd had in the whole five years that I had been doing it to that point um we're now in 2023 2023 is probably my busiest year Mm mm-hmm but what 2021 probably gave me was a lot of learning on customer service, um, how to what bride and groom's expectations are, how mm-hmm. to manage them, how to, to assist with everything and anything and how useful you can be on a wedding day. I mean, mm. there's been times where I've had cufflinks in my bag. Good. <laughs> yeah. But they're gone now. They need replaced, right? <laughs> there was a time when there were spare cufflinks. Um needles and thread mm-hmm. everything i'm not alone i've met other suppliers makeup artists hairdressers that carry the same thing you're looking for anything you know that can that you don't want it to become a big deal you don't want it to cause a problem yeah. you know that this is you want to give them a quick fix and to yeah. calm the situation down before it escalates right and if you can do that because you're not emotional, mm. you're able to sort of carry everything through the full day. Yeah. Then I, I only see that as a, and I don't think they even remember it at the end of the day. To be fair, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's been it's been an amazing journey, and through it, I guess what it's gave me was a lot more confidence in photography and me as an individual. I was always more part of a team. Mm-hmm. I still work as to a team ethic, especially if I'm out of weddings. But when I put that camera back in my bag and I go home, I'm on my own. It's me, myself, mm. and I with that Mac, that Mac computer, yeah, to edit that wedding, right? And that can be quite lonely. And you know, I have to admit, it can be quite lonely. But what it did was strengthen my resilience, mm. strengthen what um my customer service, everything skills, and I think they they're always something that I need to check in on, and you know, make sure that. I'm on the right track with things. When things go wrong, how do you respond? How do you fix it? You know, how how do you manage expectations? All that kind of thing. Mm. So there has been a lot of learning over that period, that short period, I guess. And I think that maybe would have done that to a lot of people after the pandemic. It was, I felt like I didn't come up for a year for about a year. Yeah. And then when it started to slow down, I was like, oh, oh, wow, where are my next wedding's coming from? Oh, it's not marketing. <laughs> I've not had time to market. I've not advertised myself. I've not had time to advertise myself. That's dangerous. Yeah. You know, where's your next business coming in from? How do people know about you? Thankfully, I've got you guys. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, genuinely. Um, thankfully, that's all. That's all been there. But it has been when I look back in it, and I think how I felt when Linda first picked up that call, that phone mm. to me. And said to me, "Can you do my wedding?" And I was like, "Not in your, no, not in your life." <laughs> and now look at you. I know. And the thing is, I have been doing a lot of events, but they are very corporate. Hmm. They're not going to take those photographs and put them in an album. They are going to use them for marketing purposes, though, yeah. and quite often billboards and all that kind of thing. And I, I sort of look at the charity sector. In particular, as well as sort of thanking her, I have to thank them because I was able to really hone that craft largely mm. through those events. So first of all, water aid, and I'd done that for about three years. And um, Callum's cabin, I would step in as a sort of backup photographer because they get someone they use all the time. Mm. But if, if they weren't there, I would step in as a backup. But I would I have I still do support Parkinson's UK, especially Parkinson's UK in Scotland. The reason for that is that my mum had Parkinson's. I'm not a hill climber. I'm not a baker. Don't ever want to be a baker. I struggle as it is. (laughs) Good consumption. Never mind putting that in my way. 
And um, I wanted to sort of give back. And eventually I contacted them and I said, look, here's what I do, blah, blah, blah. I get involved in the ladies' lunches. I get involved in the Great Scottish Run. Mm. I get involved in various other things they were doing. And then I was able to sort of say, oh, I'm going to start a wee fundraiser event that will let me do practice the studio side of things because I've mm. got a studio now um, close close to me. It's in Belsill, so I've got a studio. So I really want to kind of try sort out the lighting, really understand composition for portraiture, this, that, and the next thing. And that helps with weddings as well, right? Yeah. So um, I says, why don't I do something? It was a local bowling club, and it was portrait for Parkinson's. Mm. So you had to give minimum £20 donation to Parkinson's. So, again, people come down, they're happy to support. They walk away with a picture. It's not technically perfect. I'm the one that benefits the most through the learning, and the charity was making money. Yeah. So the relationship between myself and the fundraising team and the press office and Parkinson's got stronger and stronger as the years went by. And this this is my career highlight, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't think anything will ever beat it. So um, there was a day when the press officer, Graham, gave me a call and he said to me, are you free tomorrow? And I says, um, and he says, well, stand by. He says, I've got... Um, I've got a press opportunity and you won't want to miss it. So when he went off the phone, I thought, well, no, I don't want to miss it. So he tried to suggest that, I, you know, I was a bit yeah. kind of, hmm. um, So a couple of hours later, he came back to me and he said to me, um, so are you still okay for tomorrow? And I said, yeah. He says, how would you feel about taking photographs of Billy Conley? <gasps> wow. Yeah. Yeah. My God. See, when you spoke to me at the start of this, I began into a thug state, right? Yeah. That is what happened to me. <laughs> So when you said to me, so just, you know, when you said to me, I probably won't remember what even happens during this chat. Yeah. <laughs> probably right. That happened to me. So I remember being in the room and taking the photographs, but I don't remember parking my car. I don't remember walking up Queen Street to go yeah. to the art gallery that it was in. I don't remember leaving that art gallery to go home. <laughs> I knew that I wasn't allowed to tell anybody and it was killing me. I'm <laughs> allowed to tell my husband and that was it. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to tell a soul because it was embargoed to the next day. Um, and I was the only one that actually got any photographs of Billy Conley in relation to Parkinson's UK. Yeah. Because he doesn't do any kind of, sorry, he doesn't do anything. He doesn't go out his way to sort of advocate for a charity. Yeah. But there had been a little girl, Abby, who'd raised money on his behalf. He found out about her oh. and wanted to meet her. And, um, so Billy met Abby and they met in this art gallery and oh honestly oh, she's giving me the shivers I know I know I'm friends with her mum and dad still to this day yeah it was an incredible story and she had just found out about him during a school trip to the people's palace in Glasgow wow um came home said to mum and dad I want to raise money for Billy Conley and they thought oh, well we'll maybe do the Parkinson's walk you only have to raise 50 pounds but they publicised it. She raised mm. a thousand. Absolutely. To grab everybody's imagination, raised absolutely thousands. And um, yeah, highlight, absolute highlight. He's up in my wall, him and Abby, up in the wall Aww. in the studio. That's beautiful. <laughs> and you know what's yeah. really coming through in all of this, Rosalina, is, is your love for photography and capturing those moments. And it's yeah. really. As someone that loves doing photography myself, it is inspirational and infectious in a good way, by the way. Um, like it, it makes me want to pick up my camera and go out and find people on the street to take photos of. Like you are such an inspiration, that energy that you have well, around I just it. Thought it. I just find it funny looking back that it was always under my nose. Yeah. It was, it was always there. But Destined to I be. could never afford the DSLR. I could never afford, well, I could have if I didn't like partying so much, right? <laughs> so growing up in May days, there was a choice to be made. You either went serious and bought the DSLR and bought all the film and everything that went along with it, or you could borrow it through the college and whatever, and that was yeah. fine, but you couldn't really take it home. But So I would I would borrow it. Mm. <laughs> or, you went, or you went out partying, and I obviously chose to go out partying. <laughs> but years later when it came back round, I mean my cat now I mean if if 
if 17 or 18 year old me would look in my camera bag and look at the equipment now, she would collapse in a heap and think, no oh. way did I think you would ever spend yeah, money and <laughs> buy all that. <laughs> I mean, it's paid for itself through the work I've done now. Yeah. But it was a long time as well that every penny earned just went straight back into the business. Yeah. Still does, yeah. in actual fact, you know, straight back in, straight into props, straight into new cameras, lenses, mm-hmm. flashes, <laughs> anything that, um, to enhance you know, to enhance what you do. The photographer's the playground. Put photographer's playground, absolutely. I think one of the biggest compliments that you can get is when you've delivered your photography to someone and it's up right away as a profile photograph on Facebook. Yeah. And it's on their Instagram stories and you just sit and think, oh, actually, you do like it. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so tell us a bit about the types of weddings that you love doing and the types of brides and grooms and brides and brides and grooms and grooms that you yeah. love working with. Oh, I think, I mean, I think the only time that I get a wee bit nervous is if it's last minute, mm. you know, and there's loads of reasons for that. And I, I understand that, but there's a bit of a rush, you mm. know, so when there's a wee bit of a rush, it's just harder to get to know someone, mm. you know, so you're trying to build a relationship really quite quickly, so it becomes, I think, a bit more transactional. Yeah. You know? Whereas what I really love doing is um getting to know them, and especially if one of them's a wee bit more nervous than the other, and it's usually mm. the, the man, right? And I'll say to them, look, why don't we pick a picturesque spot somewhere? We'll take the camera. We can go off and have a chat. I'll give you some hints and tips on posing on the day so that you're not, stressing before you get there mm. um and I usually I'll pick maybe Firkin Point in Loch Lomond, Barons Hall in Motherwell or I want somebody to actually come back and say they want to do the beach because I want to do the beach but I can't <laughs> <impose> that, <right? laughs> so so any brides and grooms that want a pre-wedding shoot at a beach <laughs> come and book me <laughs> you heard it here guys <laughs> I know I know but Firkin Point's absolutely stunning. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, mix of everything. It's got the sand, it's got the, the lock, it's got um, some beautiful greenery and everything around about it. And so it's a wonderful landscape. So I usually will say to them, we'll take a trip, we'll go there. And I get, and, and I get to know both of them mm. while I'm taking their photographs. Now, what I will say to them is these photographs you can use as, um, on your invites or whatever yeah. you want to do. But it's not really the aim of it. So the yeah. photograph's not the aim. The aim of the, the session is that the groom in particular feels a wee bit more comfortable in how he's holding his partner or, you know, bride on bride, groom on groom, mm. whatever, you know, whoever it is, but they're a wee bit more comfortable when they're, they're holding on to each other, a bit more comfortable um, with that unaffectionate display mm. in front of me. You know, it doesn't need to be in front of the world, but in front of me. Forgetting yeah. that I'm there almost. Talking them through the distance that I'll be away from them when we're doing these, you know, those sort of more intimate um, photos so I'm not right in their face. Yeah. And there was, there is actually a couple, of, they're in the magazine just now, they're on the website. They actually gave that feedback. Mm. <laughs> because we did a pre-wedding shoot, when it came to the wedding, it didn't matter what I asked them to do. They just, they no, just they did so it, black and they just did it. Yeah, because they knew the end result. Yeah, that wedding was Carrick Castle, and that place is stunning. So, <laughs> I love all weddings, and if you ask me what my favorite one is, it'll be the next one coming. Right? Yeah, I love all of them. <laughs> I love all of them. Him. But I think what I've absolutely fallen in love with is getting to know the Scottish landscape a wee bit better. Mm. When I was in Scottish water, I was blessed with being able to travel. They took me to Skye. I went to the Western Isles. I was able to go all these places. The part of Scotland I was very unfamiliar with was um, the Trossachs. Mm-hmm. But that's where you're heading when you're going to Carrick Castle. Yeah. So it was like this other part of Scotland opened up to me and I thought, where have I, why have I never been here? <laughs> Why would I never? What, what, what's this? So I chose 
to um, spend two nights there. I, I, you know, I decided to use my money to um, to stay. Yeah. To stay overnight, and the the couple who look after Carrick Castle Estate, they've got another property called Craigard Castle, and they gave me Craigard Castle to use for the two nights that I was there for the wedding. Oh wow! I was there morning. It was um, that was incredible. The views, everything, amazing. Yeah. It's not something that I would do all the time, but given that I'd never been to the Trossachs really, and it's a long drive from Carrick Castle back home. Yeah. But do you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to do it. I'm just, I'm going to stay. And, and I loved it. And just that sort of easy drive home and down through rest and be thankful and, you know, all the way back. Just, I just was in, I just was brilliant. I just loved it. So um, I love weddings that will take me to somewhere I've never been before. I love any type of photography that will take me to somewhere I've never been before. <laughs> but I sometimes feel that photography is like owning a dog. It lets you, takes you to places that you can't go on your own. Yeah. You know, I could get a dog and suddenly you're able to walk down a street that you would never have walked down before. Exactly. Because you have no excuse to walk down it. Yeah. Um, or no excuse to go there. Well, photography will take me to venues that I've never been in and probably would never go in but delighted that I've that I've now been yeah some really high-end places that I would never have been able to to go to that it's incredible to see Mm. but it's also let me meet amazing people you know before you even pick up the camera meeting people that are working um on water aid and Callum's Cabin and Parkinson's UK Breast Cancer UK, all these type of people that are behind that, hearing their stories. Mm-hmm. And it can be really quite an emotional thing as well, photography. I've had brides that cry in the studio with me, telling me their story. Yeah. I don't need to put tissues out, honestly. <laughs> um, I have been in tears when I know their story and they walk up the aisle and I know exactly what's been going on in life. And they've confided it in. I'm like an extension of your hairdresser, so... No, the hairdressers have that kind of relationship. That happens with your photographer as well, which is, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful experience and a very privileged experience to have. And And being part of their history like that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realise that um, that it would open me up to that type of thing. Suddenly you're invested in... um, people's families, illnesses, how are they getting on, how are you, especially if you're trying to deliver a wedding album and mm. things aren't great and you're thinking, what's the time of this? Keeping in contact with people, just generally celebrating their life after the wedding and keeping in touch. Yeah. It's been incredible. It's built a wonderful network. And then they recommend you and that's even, even that's better. Even better. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. And then I get to meet all these amazing suppliers as well, you know, um, friends with people who own car companies, friends with humanists and registrars, friends with florists and balloon companies, friends with hairdressers and makeup artists, you know, people that keep in contact with me all the time and I mm. do the same for them. We share the photographs, we understand that we've all played a part in that photograph, that it's not just belonging to one person, that yeah. there's everything that's in that photograph has been a culmination of everybody that's been a part of that wedding. Um, and enjoyed seeing them share those photographs as well, you know, to be able to let people see, here's what the hair looked like and the makeup looked like and here's what your room looks like decorated and here's what our venue looks like and ultimately a happy wedding party over and above it all because you're not just telling the wedding story you are telling the story of the suppliers of the venue of the location of the day of the the weather like you are visualizing a story that shows people what it's like if they can't be there I mean when they say a photo has a thousand words it really really does you can give so much in a well-placed photo especially one that feels natural and like you're yeah. inviting people in. I've got to say your sense of community and your passion of community and encompassing everyone, it's just, it's intoxicating. It is oh. so lovely to hear. <laughs> well, I just, um, I just, I guess I, I recognise that 
And it's probably that team ethos that's mm. been there for a long time, right, before I started working on my own. But it takes... I probably learned this back when I worked on television, actually. That if you think you're a lone wolf and you can do it all alone, you're going to be standing alone. Yeah. With no one around you. Yeah. Um, it takes a team. And you will shine in that team when it's your turn to shine, but others will too. And that's a very hard lesson to learn, especially when you're young. Mm. But you do learn it. And it does humble you. And when you work in a team, people will have your back. I mean, it's not all... It's not all sunshine right yeah it's, it can be tough going but if you do well by people they will do well by you and if they don't well that's that's, that's up to on them, them. Yeah. yeah it's on them but it doesn't mean that you change but it was a lesson i probably learned um quite early on in, in my career mm. and then when i went into working in I mean, these are really quite industrial-type places that I was working in, internal communications. I mean, I was in the shipyards, I was in the water industry, I was in the roads industry. They're, you know, nobody will brook any nonsense from you in that type of environment. <laughs> it's not like and glam and whatever. It's, that's not there. But if you forge relationships, honest, transparent relationships and work well with people, they'll respond to you. Yeah, And I think that's where that's coming from into this job mm. is that I recognise that without the cooperation of someone that owns the limousines, then they're not going to point the car in the right direction for me to get the best shot. And they want the best. If they're not interested in you, they won't do it because yeah. they'll have another wedding the next day where the photographer will do it. right? Yeah. Um, if you want to sort of not embrace the hair and makeup well they'll be the same well mm. we'll just not recommend you to anybody else because we worked with this person and they were amazing yeah you know and it's the same with the humanists it's the same with with all these suppliers and with the venue as well you mm. know if the venue's happy to see you you'll have an easy day yeah and um, i make sure they're happy to see me i go up and see them two weeks before <laughs> Here's some chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I always kind of check in in the venues as well because you never know what's changed. Yeah. You can't just assume that, you know, that everything's the same as it was the last time you were there. Mm. You know, and the staff will have changed and, and everything. And you want, for me, from a venue, uh, the first thing I always want is where can I dump my bags yeah. <laughs> safely? Right? <laughs> <laughs> And where's the wedding coordinator so that I can check in that the times are still the same? But first of all, where can I dump my bag and where can I charge my batteries? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the first thing that I've always put. So I usually go up a couple of weeks in advance to sort of warm that up and get to know them a wee better, take a wee walk around the grounds, whatever, see if anything's changed. Yeah, and it just, it just seems to... I think people appreciate you taking an interest. I appreciate I mean, people taking an interest in the business as well, you know. It really sounds like you go above and beyond. You really are focused on trying to make sure that that day is captured. When you can. Because, yeah. you know, the caveat to that is that when you're in the thick of wedding season, mm. as we all know, you would love to do all of that, but sometimes you're just, there's not enough hours in the day to yeah. be able to do all of that. So sometimes it's a phone call, yeah. you know, or sometimes it just is... I'll, I'll seek them out when I get there. Mm. Most of the time, that's what I try to live by. But I have to caveat it that during heavy wedding periods, <laughs> <laughs> not always achievable. But the aim is always there. And it's just being personable as well when you turn up. Everybody's got a job to do, you know. Yeah. And I'm, I'm stalking about with a camera and somebody's trying to deliver hot food to a table, you know. It's not going to work. I don't there in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> so Rosaline, for people that are listening to this and they are just completely enthralled with your aura and your personality and they want to see the, your work, where can they go? How can they find out about you? I, um, okay, so I do advertise for your Scottish wedding. Yeah. And um, 
so they they can find you know the advert and everything in that. I love that magazine, honestly. It's so good, isn't um, it? I love the magazine. <laughs> um, and I'm going to be working with Mallory a wee bit more on my social media. Yeah, um, which I'm looking forward to. But I have got the website. I'm active on Instagram. I am active on Facebook, and um, and I have got the website. So the website is roslingbonner.co.uk, mm-hmm. and the Instagram's pretty much the same. Um, <laughs> I used to be a slave to Instagram. Yeah, but I can't do it. So I try now to just post maybe three times a week. Yeah, um, because I want to post stuff that's meaningful. Mm. And I want to post things that Brian and Groom are happy for me to post. Yeah. But I also post a lot of studio work on there as well. I've just renovated my studio. So the studio plays a big part in the weddings, in actual fact. Okay. So I do consultations where you can come in, no obligation. You can come in and sit and have a chat with me in the studio, browse the albums, have a look at what's up on the walls, and get an idea of what to expect on your wedding day. Because as we both know, when people... After the the excitement of the engagement and they're ready to set a date, they become overwhelmed very, very quickly. Yep. And the wedding fairs, I think, can overwhelm them very Mm -hmm. quickly as well because they walk in and they see all these lights and all of this stuff and think, where do I start? Yeah. So they are welcome to come in where I can help them run through a little mini checklist of, of where they are. Um, and what they need to what they need to be thinking of. So I do that, and then if they book me, I invite them back to the studio after the wedding mm-hmm. for a glass of prosecco, a Budweiser, whatever the preference is, and we put your wonderful wedding photographs up on the television Aww. for you to see. And then you walk away with your um, with your photographs. That's so that, that's the studio plays a big part in in that, and it's just already been it's just been renovated, complete renovation. Mm. I'll probably speak to Mallory about her doing a reveal. Um, <laughs> I think she had a reveal video up last night, um, but it's all been it's been. I myself and my dad walked into the studio and ripped everything off the walls and started again. Nice. That <laughs> um, fresh start is important sometimes, hey? Uh, yeah. I just needed a clear room to think. Mm. Um, and I'm delighted over about two and a half weeks we've completely renovated it. So, and again, this is where the teamwork comes in because my, my uncle came up and painted it. My friend Christian, who's a videographer, he came up to give his sort of creative guidance. <laughs> <laughs> um, he came up to give the sort of... And he was giving my dad a hand and all that kind of stuff. My husband's been in helping... My dad, who's 86 years old, has ultimately done the majority of the work oh, in there. Oh, that's so sweet. Backdrops up, putting the photographs up, and he's a, he's a man that's precise, you know. Mm. So um, all the photographs and everything that are up there have been put up with absolute love, and he <laughs> every minute of it. So that's where you come into the studio, have the have the consultation. I'll even give you a wee prosecco while you're having the consultation. <laughs> um, have a browse, have a think about what you want to do. Understand, you know, what your wedding day looks like mm. and how you want it to run. I don't think people realise that they're in control of that day. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't. I, I, I don't think, especially at the, the very beginning, they don't realise that actually it's your day. You're in control of it. Yeah, it, it works how you want it to work. You know. Um, helping people to understand that and then kind of trying to understand from them what type of photography they want. I always hear, I just want natural, I just want candid. Mm. And that's a, that, that is a mistake a lot of people make because people then, others, and I did this as well in the early days, think that, oh, that means you're just going around and taking photographs as they happen. Mm. They don't actually mean that. Yeah, They do want posed photographs, right? But they want them to be naturally posed photographs. Yes, yeah. They don't want just you taking photos. They want them in a, in, a, in a group shot with their friends. Yeah. And if you're not prepared for that and you don't have the lighting requirements to fulfil that, you can find yourself really quite stressed. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, so the easiest thing to do is to actually sit with them and say, 
what does candid mean to you? Yeah. What do you mean by that? Can you show me some examples of photographs that you yeah. like? So I'm quite keen on them sort of having maybe a Pinterest board or something similar. Yeah. See the photo, and this has came from brides and, you know, the wedding parties have said to me, we want natural, we want candid. Mm. But then they send me through these ones where the bridesmaids are all huddled together, chinging their glasses together. Yeah. Even although whatever the photographer said to you or whatever you've said to each other has resulted in a very candid, natural moment. Yeah. But you're not set up in a candid pose. No, right? exactly. You're not set up in, you are in a pose. Yeah, but it looks that's natural that, and that's what they're it wanting. It looks natural. Yeah. So this, this is the thing about when people say, I just want, can I, I, you know, I just want candid, I just want natural, blah, 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 blah. Well, what, what, define that for me. What do you mean by that? Mm. I try to get around that as well by saying, let's do the ones that Gran will want in the mantelpiece. <laughs> because she will. She will, definitely. She absolutely will. So will mum. <laughs> and they quite often want their own albums. Yeah. You know, so let's get, the, let's get them done and let's set aside some time to do that. And then let's set aside some time for you as well. And then I'll mingle. Yeah. So the only times of the day that they're probably aware of me is during wedding prep. Yeah. Shouldn't be aware of me during the ceremony at all. Mm -hmm. They're aware of me maybe doing the group shot if they want one and some of the family shots and whatever. They then shouldn't be aware of me when the, the canopies and the Prosecco's mm. getting dished out because I'm mingling. They shouldn't be aware of me during the speeches, the cutting of the cake. Well, maybe the cutting of the cake, actually. <laughs> and the dance. The rest of the time, you know, there's only maybe a bit... To, to, to maybe try and lessen the overwhelm a wee bit, there is only time, certain times within the day that you're going to have this one-to-one -one interaction with your photographer. Yeah. You know, and the rest is that more natural kind of in the spur of the moment mm. type of photography or we're getting around the tables and getting couples together or groups together or yeah or whatever if that's part of if that's part of that photographer's offering yeah i love doing that i love getting around the tables um, <laughs> together um and they're all because people are at their best at their very best on a wedding day mm. You know, and they're happy to be together and happy to have their photographs together. There's only maybe one or two at each wedding that don't want it, and I respect that. Yeah. You know, I just think that's fine. I'm not <laughs> going to coach it. Yeah. Absolutely fine. But I've already got them in the group shot, or I've already got them in a more kind of candid moment that they're not aware of, yeah. and it's more natural for them. But yeah, it can be overwhelming especially the photography side of it. So, and again, if they're looking for packages and stuff, the best advice I can give to them is that packages are only ever a guide. Well, they mm -hmm. are for me. You know, your package is only ever a guide. What is it? This is where the discussion is important. So yeah, when someone just exactly. comes on the phone and they want a price, do you just want a price or do you want to know more? Yeah. You know, and that's where the early dialogue is really, really helpful. Do you only want me there for the ceremony? Do you mm. want me there for bridal prep? Is there a reason you want me there for bridal prep? Yeah. You know, what is it? Are you going to use those photographs? You know, do you really want me there till 11 o'clock at night? <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> do, is there something specific happening at 11 o'clock at night? I've been there at 11 o'clock at night before and it was like pipers were coming in. Yeah. So they were coming in later in the night. Perfect. Ideal. I'm there. Yeah. That's fine. Um, but what do you really want from that and have a think about what you want at the other end and be specific with whoever you book yeah. do you want an album do you want USB do you want both mm. personally I always think a photograph's not a photograph unless it's printed and it's on your wall <laughs> um, it had, to me it needs to be printed and you're yeah. leaving it to chance by putting it in the cloud yeah and and leaving it somewhere where you'll eventually download it somewhere. And but all you've it. really done is share it on Facebook and social media. Yeah. But what how are you going to really look after those memories? Yeah. You know, how how are you really what ones out of all those photographs I've given you, what ones are the more precious? Mm. What ones are the 
the ones that you really want to keep a hold of and they never never want them to disappear. Yeah. Do something with them. Oh, that's so think beautiful. About it before before the wedding itself. Yeah. You know? And we can help we can help with that, mm-hmm. you know. And but that's that's why I'm saying it's the packages. It's all about the discussion. It is all about the discussion. So at least if you if you see what a photographer's offering as part of a package, then you've got an idea of where the sort of benchmark is in terms of pricing. There is movement within it, so go and have a chat with them mm. about, I only want you for two hours, or, and, the, and here's why. Yeah. Or actually, I want you for three days, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and here's why. Um, or I want to add a boudoir package on as a present to my husband, or yeah. I want to, you know, all of that, all of that starts with, Hiya, can we have a chat about wedding photography? That's that's where that leads. But when you come on and just ask for a price right away and you're driven just by the package, I think sometimes you're doing yourself a disservice to understand what else could have been on offer there. Yeah. And you know, where there's flexibility and what other package you could have you could have received that is just special for you. Yeah. How lovely. That is amazing advice. (laughs) So anyone listening, please check out Rosaline Bonner. Reach out to her. Talk to her. Go to her studio. Have that Prosecco. (laughs) Please do. do. Uh, And then let us know how it went because we want all of those photos and to to show you off and, and show Rosaline's amazing artistry off as well. Rosaline, thank you so much for coming through with us today. It's been amazing sharing your story verbally rather than visually this time. <laughs> um, but everyone, check out the magazine. You will see her works in there. Check out the website um, and just get in touch. So, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. That's it from us on Let's Talk Weddings with your Scottish wedding. Don't forget to listen and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you'd like to be featured on next week's story, get in touch with sales at yourscottishwedding.co.uk.